Hey, shalom, and welcome, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream. My name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you. Welcome to another midweek study. I'm going to try to do these as often as I can. Today, we're going to be talking about the Sabbath. Now, there's a lot of new people coming into the truth in these last days. I mean, just coming by the droves, and people have questions. The Sabbath, we know, how do we keep it? That's what today's going to be all about, the basics about keeping the Sabbath day. So uh, as we've been doing, I've written an article and I'm going to be going through the article pretty quickly because there's a lot of information to cover. But that way, uh, if there's something you missed or there's something you want to review, I'm going to leave a link for this article so you can go back. And this is basically my notes. So you can go back and look at all the notes, look at all the scriptures I used um, to formulate this study. And you can study back at your own pace or, um, you know, if you want to go over it again and not have to go through the whole video, just want to look at a certain section. It's the way to do it. Before we get started, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah, we come before you and bless you in Yahusha's name. We thank you for your son, that we may have eternal life. We thank you for opening our eyes and ears to the wondrous matters out of your Torah. Father, I pray that you open eyes and ears to those who would be joining us with this study, Father, and that, that you would share, them with, uh, share with them your truth and um, that we all might have understanding in your word and might be hearers and doers of your word. We bless you. In Yahushua's name. I mean, so just in case you're new, um, I use the name, uh, the names of our heavenly Father, of our Father and His Son, Yahuwah the Father, Yahusha His Son. You may know it as a little bit different pronunciation. We don't make a big deal out of the names here. Let's get to the topic at hand: the Sabbath. How, when, where, and why? That's what we're going to be covering today. So there's an amazing thing happening right now. After centuries of apostasy. The Most High is waking up a generation of His people who are coming back to the ancient path His way. Thus says Yahuwah, Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where is the good way and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, this is Jeremiah's time, they said we will not walk in it. And that's Jeremiah 6.16. And in those days the children shall begin to study the Torah and to seek the commandments and to return to the path of righteousness. This is the same path, uh, this ancient path that, uh, um, that, that Jeremiah is talking about. So the generation during Jeremiah's time would not listen and walk in it, but there's a growing group of Yah's people who are right now. With any movement, there will naturally be newcomers. Hallelujah and welcome. One of the first moves many who come into Yah's Torah make is keeping the Sabbath day set apart holy. The study will be the basics of how, when, why, and where to keep and slash celebrate the Sabbath each week. At certain junctures, I'll be listing other connecting studies for further research into certain areas that pertain to the Sabbath, but for this study, we'll keep it brief and to the main point. Well, I'll do the best I can. If by chance you have stumbled across this video or article and have not been shown yet of the goodness of keeping Torah alongside your saving faith in Messiah, I'd love to point you to this quick study. And this kind of just goes over the general um, general verses of why we truly believe that uh, our faith should consist of uh, well, faith and obedience, that we're saved by grace through faith, and that our walk is to continue in faith, and we show that faith by our obedience to the commandments, uh, the very same commandments that our Messiah taught, because he's our great example, and so we want to walk as he walked. So, with that being said, let's get into it. So, let's start with when. When to celebrate the Sabbath. 
The Sabbath is a weekly appointment and celebration with our Creator. So this isn't this. The Sabbath shouldn't be like a, oh, I gotta I gotta do this. No, it should be a wow. I get to have an appointment with our Creator each week. The very first pages of our Bible gives gives us a peek into Yah's Sabbath, and Elohim. That's the Hebrew word for God. Elohim saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there is evening and there is morning, the sixth day. So he made everything, finished up on the sixth day. And thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day Elohim finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So Elohim blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it Elohim rested from all his work that he had done in creation. That's Genesis 2, 1 through 3. So we are to rest on the seventh day of the week. Uh, and that day in the U.S., the United States, or English-speaking countries, is called Saturday. Here is what Saturday is called in many countries. Arabic, Sabet, Armenian, Shabbat, Bosnian, Sobuta, uh, Sabota, Sabtu, Subota, Sobota, Sabti, Greek is Sabado, Hebrew, of course, is Shabbat, Indonesian, Sabtu, Italian, Sabado, uh, Latin, Sabatum, uh, and the list goes on, and you'll see as uh, Subota, Subta, Sobota, Sabti, Sabado, Sabtu, Subota. So, <laughs> notice anything in particular? That's right, in all these different languages, they have a connection to the Hebrew word sh uh, Sabbath or Shabbat. Uh, the weekly appointment with our Creator is on Saturday. Aside from this, some have stated that the Sabbath is not on a fixed weekly seven-day cycle, but pertains to the moon, or there's other, uh, there's other calculations as well. Uh, as an avid researcher and one who truly wants to serve Yah correctly, I investigated this topic with great interest, and during my search, I found several issues and ultimately could not get on board with it. Uh, that's talking about the floating Sabbath, where uh, it, it goes based off of the moon. They call it the lunar Sabbath. So below are my findings. If you'd like to research it out further or are currently considering the lunar Sabbath, uh, there's a video link here. And there's the article uh, that I covered in that video, very much like we're doing now, article and video combined. So with so now that we've established we celebrate the Sabbath on Saturday, well, when exactly? Uh, some say Friday evening to Saturday evening, some uh, Saturday morning to Sunday morning, and some say it's just a 12-hour period or roughly just the daytime, uh, Saturday morning to Saturday evening. So let me just say this. Uh, I'm excited that people actually want to celebrate uh, the Sabbath, and I can only imagine our Heavenly Father is thoroughly pleased, right? So it's like, you know, I'm only sharing my findings here because you know, a lot of people have been emailing me asking questions like you know, some basic stuff that we're starting to cover now. So I figured, you know, there's a lot more people that have questions that may not have even um, – uh, emailed out or emailed or, or messaged or commented. So uh, I just want to share this in general. So whether you celebrate the lunar Sabbath, um, a Sabbath based off of the Enoch 364 calendar, or, um, you know, you celebrate Sabbath morning to morning or evening to evening or morning to evening. Listen, I find that we are brethren and that we should be able to uh, even rejoice, even in our differences, that we should rejoice that we know that we want to keep the Creator's Sabbath holy and that we love Him and we want to show that love by keeping the Sabbath. So let us just agree on that. So, but again, I'm just sharing here with uh, my understanding. So, 
Um, with that being said, I once again would like to share the best understanding I have at this time. I make mistakes. I change my mind. When I find information that's contrary to what I had previously stated, I will correct myself. And it, I'm just sharing with you what I have, uh, the, the best information I have at this time. So I currently celebrate from Friday evening sunset to Saturday evening at sunset. So Friday night to Saturday night, that 24-hour period. Here is our study on when a day begins and ends for further research. So I've studied out the morning to morning, uh, the morning to evening, and the morning to uh, the evening, yeah, evening to evening, and the morning to evening. I've studied it all out, um, and here's the best information that I have found. Here is the video link, and here is the article if you're curious about uh, when the Sabbath actually begins and ends. So enough about when. We could talk a lot more about when, but I want to talk about some of the more important things. Um, not to say that when is not important, because I think we all want to get it right. Um, but I think the how and the heart, you know, really should be the most important part about how we do this. So the how. So this is the most important part of the study, in my opinion, and where most questions arise. I'm sure I won't be able to cover all the frequently asked questions, but please leave a comment with your question or email me at hello at parableofthevineyard.com. So this is a perfect time to bring up a major area of concern for this walk in general. This isn't just about the Sabbath, but the whole walk of obedience to the Torah, uh, a messianic Torah-believing walk. So some people who have realized the error of mainstream Christianity or even atheism or whatever, whatever you came from, Uh, So people who have realized the error of mainstream Christianity and come over to the truth think we are supposed to follow Judaism, right? This is dangerous. Me, myself, growing up in Judaism, I can tell you it's riddled with falsehoods and added man-made traditions. Uh, Keep in mind, our Messiah rebuked their man-made ways of celebrating Yahweh. And I'm going to read that in just a second. So here's what happens, right? So the way is narrow. It's straight and it's narrow. I believe modern-day Christianity has gone off the path many centuries ago. Um, And Judaism has gone off the path many thousands of years ago. So what happens is people are going this way, and they're like, you know, I'm turning this car right around. And and then what they do is instead of going this way, they go all the way over this way. And that's wrong. So remember, our Messiah rebuked Jewish man-made ways of celebrating Yahuwah. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of Elohim. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people, these Jews, right, honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And that is what Judaism is filled with, is filled with commandments of men. And that was Matthew 15, 6 through 9. So ouch! right? Ouchie. We certainly don't want to follow the same error as Jews do. We don't want to worship him in vain. So let's keep it by the book. So first thing we talk about is no work. And that's the one thing I think most people get, right? So remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to Yahweh your Elohim. On it, you shall not do any work. You or your son or or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days Yahuwah made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. So this is all we get. You work six days, and you rest the seventh. 
right? And that's why I can't get on board with Lunar Sabbath and, and other things. But that's for another time. I'm not here to be argumentative. But this is what he gave us. Six days, rest the seventh. That's it. Very simple. So therefore, Yahuwah blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The Sabbath day is the seventh day. That's Exodus 28 through 11. And just as far as back on the when, um, if you actually look at a, a, a you know, if you look at uh, calendars, a lot of people think that Monday is the first day of the week. Uh, it's actually not Sunday is. Saturday is the last day of the week. We kind of have it, you know, jumbled around because of um, most people are on a Monday through Friday and then weekend off schedule. So kind of tosses it around and makes you think Sunday is the last day of the week. Uh, pro also probably due uh, to the Catholic Church uh, shifting uh, the the Sabbath day in their in their own writing they shifted it from uh, Saturday to Sunday. So how do we define work? Here's the Strong's Concordance link for work. Uh, this is the Hebrew word milaka, and it means to work or business, uh, workmanship, goods, cattle, stuff. So this is your occupation, your work, your business, um, right? Something done or made. Um, uh, service, public business, political, you know, things like that. So this is work. This is our, um, our modern day context is this is our employment, right? This is how you earn a living. The Sabbath is a day we rest from our labor, our employment, and be refreshed, refreshed just as our creator did in Genesis 2. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from following your employment on my holy day, and do meet the Sabbath with great delight to sanctify Yahuwah and to honor him, not doing your own ways, nor making your ample wants, nor speaking violent words, then shall you delight yourself in Yahuwah, and he shall cause you to dwell in the strong places of the earth, and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. Sorry about that uh, technical difficulty. Feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for thus it is decreed by the word of Yahuwah. We know who the word of Yahuwah is. He's identified in John chapter 1, John 1, 1 through 3, and verse 14, that our Messiah, Yahusha, is the word. So these things are decreed by our Messiah. Pretty interesting. But um, that's the whole point here. This is the, this is the whole point of work, right? So you turn away from doing following your employment on my holy day. I know I know that uh, like the KJV in you know, the translation says your pleasure, but really uh, I think this is the proper translation that came from the Aramaic, which is to follow your employment on my holy day. Because you can say, well, your pleasure, you know, and if if you st if you say pleasure, like in our modern day language, you're like, okay, well, I I get pleasure out of having a glass of ice cold water is that my pleasure i can't do that anymore or you know um whatever so really the the true definition here is your employment i thought it was also interesting uh you get this in the septuagint i believe and the aramaic you don't get this in the masoretic which is like the kjv and the esv and many of the verses but it says nor speaking violent words um on the sabbath so Anger. Sabbath isn't a day for anger. I mean, we really shouldn't give place to our anger, period, but uh, even more so on the Sabbath day. So that was Isaiah 58, 13 through 14 in the Aramaic Targum. So keep in mind, we don't make anyone else work, right? So for example, one may say, well, we can go out to eat because it's not work, right? We're not working. 
uh, yet you'd be making the server, the cooks, management, and others work for you. Someone also may say, well, they're working anyways. It's open. They're not opening the restaurant just for me to come in. And, and so they're, they're going to come to work anyways. It's true. But we are called to be a light to the nations, not part of the problem, and act like everyone else. This goes for any other situation. You know, perhaps uh, your AC goes out. I don't know. It's summer. It's hot, right? But, you know, we can wait a day, right? The uh, AC goes out or the heat goes out, right? We can wait one day, right? We can do it. Um we are not to make others work. Now, if you live in Alaska, Brother Frank, and your heat goes out, well, you probably have a stove, so you probably don't have like, <laughs> you probably don't have like a electric, you know, heater like most of us do here in the city. But point is, at all costs, we don't make other people work. That's the, what the commandment says, right? And what we're trying to do here is stick to what the word says, and the word says to not make anyone else work or work yourself. So. Uh, next subtopic, I know I'm going to go kind of quickly through this, but, um, again, I'll have this here as a link in case you want to study this at your own time. So what if my job requires me to work? So some of the, some of you out there may have just woken up to the truth and still have jobs that require you to work on the Sabbath. Don't freak out, but take this important matter to Yah himself. If you sincerely desire to obey his way, seek it, ask him to help you pave the way. I've seen many miracles happen in this department. I mean, I've had people that messaged me, emailed me, and were like, Adam, right? Oh, here, I'll go ahead and read it. I've seen people who had employers who never gave anyone Saturday off to anyone ever. But when they approached them in humility, stating the reason they needed it, needed it off, got it, right? So they're like, you know, they went to their employer and said, hey, you know, I... Um, I believe now in following the commandments of the Bible. Uh, the Bible says to, to keep the Sabbath day, which is Saturday, set apart. I'm not supposed to work on it. Uh, here are some verses. And their employer that never ever gave anyone sa Saturday off ever was like, okay. I mean, imagine, right? So hallelujah, we serve the living Elohim, my brothers and sisters. He can do anything. Yes, even change the mind of your boss. The Most High has changed the mind of kings and princes and people in great power. You know, how much more so can he change the mind of your boss? Let's say your boss is like, I don't think so. You're out of here for even asking. Okay. Perhaps he can find you an even better employment. The point is, desire it, seek it, and ask God to help you keep his Sabbath day holy. He just may answer. The point is that the, the thing to do here is to desire it, to be like, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to pray, but something like, you know, Father Yahuwah, I want to. I, I know that we're supposed to keep your commandments. I, I want to keep your um, your Sabbath holy. I, I've I've lived thirty nine years, and I've you know I, I've I haven't kept your Sabbath, but now I know that it's true. I want to keep it. Um, help me, my job. You know, it was whatever, whatever it is. Speak from your heart. I mean, that's a righteous prayer. I have a strong feeling that He will answer it, and it may take weeks, months, whatever, but desire it. Seek after, brothers and sisters. So I'd be lying to you if I told you this wasn't important, right? So it's time to act. Time is short. It's very important to keep his Sabbath holy. So what is work? This definition of work is something the Jews of old had added man-made traditions to. Our Messiah often healed on the Sabbath day, something the Torah never forbids. There's never a commandment. It's like you can't heal on the Sabbath. You just don't, you can't find it. Yet we saw them get upset each time. 
Here's one example. So the Pharisees got upset each time Messiah healed on the Sabbath. But you'll notice that almost every single time he healed, it's like he made sure he did it on the Sabbath just to show them what was true and what was false and to give us an example. When Yahushua saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down before me. Yahushua said to him, Get up, take your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed. He took up his bed and walked. Now that day was, not, now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know it, who, it, who it was, for Yahushua had withdrawn, and there was a crowd in that place. Afterward, Yahushua found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, which our definition of sin is 1 John 3, 4. Sin is the transgression of the Torah. So Yahushua's sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Yahushua who had he, he had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Yahushua, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Right? They had all these extra man-made, you know, laws and fences around the Sabbath. Like, oh, you can't do this. You can't, you can't like, you know, lift your arm above your head. You know, I mean, just that's an exaggeration, but it really gets almost that bad. But Yahushua answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling Elohim his own father, making himself equal with Elohim. So a lot of people will actually read this um, where it says here that he was breaking the Sabbath. So people that are like, Messiah is my example. He broke the Sabbath. Why can't I? We're going to dive into this Greek word of breaking here, and we'll see how it was translated and see what actually is being talked about here. As we just mentioned, there is no Torah law that forbids healing on the Sabbath. There were and currently are many added Jewish laws that forbids this and many other acts of kindness. In the rabbinical Talmud, the oral law, there are even statutes that say if you give money or food to a homeless person, you've broken the Sabbath. And um, I'll paraphrase it, but it basically talks about how like if a home, like a beggar comes to your house, knocks on your door, and you take food and you reach outside your door and hand it to him, you have just broken the Sabbath. And that is straight up in their law. That is in their Talmudic law. This is why we shouldn't have anything to do with these rabbinical writings. Um, I know there's a lot of historical uh, documentation and there's probably wisdom found in it. But when it comes to like their regulations and stuff that adds to the Torah, hands off, brothers and sisters. So following Jewish traditions will lead one into worrying about turning on a light switch or getting into your car. And these are the kind of things that people that are afraid to get into the Torah, they hear about this kind of stuff. They're like, that doesn't sound like that's from Yah, right? And so rightly so, they're like, that sounds like that doesn't sound right. And that's the problem with man-made religion. Same thing with modern day Christianity. People will like get in, you know, step into a church and they'll be like, you know, they don't really feel like the, the, the Holy Spirit's there, and, and, and rightly so, because it's a lot of man-made traditions. So it's worthy of note that I believe one of the missions of our Messiah 
had during his ministry was to loosen the strict laws the Jews had added to the Sabbath. It is sort of concealed in verse 18 that we just read. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, right? So let's take a look at this breaking the Sabbath. So if we take a closer look at the Greek word that was used for breaking, we get a clearer picture. And this is the passage here where it says not only had he broken the Sabbath. So we're going to take a look at this Greek word here, Strong's G3089, and see what he says here. Uh, so EO. And it was used 43 times, 27 times loose, right? To loose any person or thing tied or fastened, like loosening the bandages of the feet, of the shoes. It's loosening, right? It's not like um, doing away with, which is what most people, the context people would use it. So uh, this clarifies that Yahusha loosened, loosed, not broke the Sabbath. He came to free the Israelites from the heavy burdens the Pharisees imposed on them. They added burdensome laws to the easy yoke of the Torah. The Torah is easy. Contrary to what uh, popular popular thought process is, um, you know, modern-day Christianity would be like, um, you know, the law is too hard. Nobody could do it. That's why Messiah came to fulfill it so you don't have to do it. Um, which you'll never find any verses that supports that, but that's what modern day, that's what 2,000 years worth of bad doctrine has formed into. But what you'll find is through the prophets and the writings and the Proverbs, and the Torah is amazing, right? It's like oil for your head. It's sweeter than honey. It's worth more than gold. There's, um, there's so many good things about it. And, you know, I can tell you right now as a testimony, I first thought, I first thought of it because I grew up in Judaism. So after I left Judaism and came to Messiah, I'm like, okay. And then I heard about Torah. I'm like, I'm thinking about Judaism. I'm like, oh man, really? But then you do it because all the scripture, if you're really a searcher and you, and, and you really want the truth, you'll find that the Torah is for us and it's everlasting and it's for the children of Israel and we're not Gentiles, right? Gentiles are, that means that we're, we're out of covenant, that we're not Yah's people. What, regardless of our bloodline, skin color, ethnicity, whatever, we've been grafted into the olive tree that is Israel through Messiah and his blood. And so these statutes are for us forever. Now granted, there's some laws that are only for when they're in the land, but when it comes to the Sabbath and the feast days and these are all for us, brothers and sisters, and they're a joy. They're actually a joy to keep. So uh, he came. Uh, so, all right. <clears throat> Mark two twenty seven, And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is not supposed to be some burden where like you, every week you're like, oh, man, I just got to like stay in the house all day and I just got to lay on the couch, which it's kind of nice. But that means I can't really, you know, do anything. Um, I have to just kind of lay around and, and read the scriptures, which it's kind of fun it is um but like if you have all these extra rules and restrictions that you can't find in the, in the torah you know it ends up being a burden um so really the sabbath was made for us as a blessing not as a curse but as a blessing like uh, you know the most high is like hey here you go he's like here i'm your example i worked six days and i created everything you the animals the firmament dome firmament the clouds, the grass, I made everything. In six days on the seventh, I rested for my labors. And that's the example for us. All right? So the Sabbath was given as a gift to us, not to be a burden. 
Here's the big one. This is probably the most hot, outside of when the Sabbath is. This is probably the most hotly debated. Um, uh, you know, I've actually even uh, lost some close friends uh, over this topic. Um, uh, it was a very unfortunate. People separated company from me because I hold a certain position about uh, about cooking on the Sabbath. So, uh, so can you cook on the Sabbath? Right, and I, I'm I'm sharing with you the best information I have. It is something that I studied pretty intently because it was it came up as a uh, um, a topic of discussion within our fellowship a couple of years ago, and so I took a deep deep dive into this uh, because I really wanted the truth. You know, if I can't cook on the Sabbath, fine. You know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and and uh, uh, slices of meat and, and you know cold food, fine. So be it. If that's what Yah wants me to do, we'll do it. But the short answer, can you cook on the Sabbath, is yes, you can. This is the from the, from the best findings that I've had. I know there's people probably in the chat right now. They're like, you can't cook. It's work. And Listen, I, I, re I respect your decision, um, but I'm just sharing this video for people that um, are asking. People, a lot of people ask this question, so I just want to share with what, what information that I have. So this is the biggest area of influence I've seen from Judaism that has crept into our communities. There is no law that forbids cooking on the Sabbath or other feast days, only out of tradition. Think about it. It's a feast day, right? It's time to feast. It was a great passage from Jubilees 2. And thus he created therein a sign in accordance with which they should guard the Shabbat with us on the seventh day to eat and to drink and to bless him who has created all things as he has blessed and sanctified unto himself a peculiar people above all peoples and that they should guard the, the Sabbath, the Shabbat together with us. And that's Jubilees 2.22. Another passage. In, and in the first day there shall be a holy convocation and in the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation to you. No manner of work shall be done in them save so except that which every man must eat that only may be done of you. So this is Exodus 12, 16. Now I know this is pertaining to the Feast of Unleavened Bread, but the, this is a Sabbath, right? And so he's telling you, this is part, this is Torah. He's telling you what can be done. And because it's a day to eat and to drink and to bless him, it is a day that we, we should be able to cook, right? Um, the Sabbath is a day to eat, to drink, and rejoice. It isn't a day to be locked up in your home, unable to do anything. That's a burden that nobody wants. Here is a full study and why I'm fully convinced by the word that it is lawful to cook on the Sabbath. It's a pretty extensive uh, study. I will be doing a video on this to cover it, but if you just want to read the article for yourself uh, now, uh, please do that. Um, if you find I'm in error, I'd ask you to please uh, check uh, my findings first on this uh, and then uh, you know, then rebuke me if you'd like. But um, nevertheless, it's, um, it's something that uh, you know, I would ask you to search a little further. But I do. I am fully convinced that we can uh, cook on the Shabbat. Now, some people are like, "Hey, you know," um, some people are like, "Hey, I just do all my chopping and stuff, you know, the day before, and I get everything prepared so that I can just toss it in the crock pot, you know, Shabbat morning or whatever have you." I'm not. And this this isn't to say that you have to cook. I believe, you know, I believe that the Sabbath is a is a foreshadow of the millennial reign. I believe in the six thousand years of man, and then the day of the the day of Yahweh happens, and then the millennial reign happens. So, the six thousand years of man, and then the seven the seventh the thousand years the 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 seventh day the seven thousandth year, um, 
is the thousand years of the Sabbath. And so I believe during that during that millennial reign, I do believe we'll be eating the best food and uh, drinking the, the best drinks, whatever it is. I think we'll have the best. I don't think the Sabbath is a day for cold food, leftovers. Uh, I think it's a day to have the best food and, re- it's, and rejoice. Because remember, this is a feast day. This is an appointment with Yahuwah. Um, imagine if if Yah were to sit at your table, right? Um, I don't know. Just That's just kind of some of my thought processes. So anyways, uh, enough about that. So can you clean your house on Shabbat? While I do believe this is a day of putting down your labors, I don't find it a sin to clean up after meals or clean up after like, you know, children, if they, you know, make a mess, uh, right? So some people cannot stand dishes in the sink or laying on the counter. So I get it, right? Nevertheless, I don't think the Sabbath is a day to deep clean your home. That's what the six-day preparation is for. Or for those of you who are on a Monday through Friday work schedule with weekends off, Sunday is a great day to do the laundry, sweeping, vacuuming, etc. So yes, if you have a mess and want to clean it up, do so. If you have a dirty diaper, change it, silly. And yes, go outside and throw it in the trash. What are you thinking, right? Well, you don't want to keep that in the house. No, seriously though, the Sabbath is supposed to be a delight not a burden that you don't look forward to, right? This is supposed to be the best day of each week. And after years of doing it, I can tell you I look forward to Shabbat every single week. That's literally the best day of the week. Number one, it starts with our Friday night live streams and it goes all the way until Saturday night. And uh, it's just it's an amazing 24 hours. I look forward to it each week. So um, I think there's a difference between cleaning up and cleaning your house, like deep cleaning and just pick. I'm sorry, there's a difference between picking up and cleaning. I think picking up's okay. Deep cleaning, I would just do that on Friday or Sunday. Can you travel? Yes. Our Messiah, our best example, did. He traveled on the Shabbat. At that time, Yahusha went on the Sabbath day through the corn or, or wheat, and his disciples were hungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. So they were walking on the Shabbat, traveling, right, and eating. Also, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and his custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read Luke 4, 6. So Messiah had to travel to get to the synagogue right on the Sabbath day. So traveling is okay. So he had to travel some distance at least to get to the synagogue. I'd say it is perfectly lawful for us to travel, especially if we travel to a local fellowship slash congregation. I'd actually encourage it if you have someone near you. At the same time, I don't think the Sabbath should be the day that you take a cross-country drive. This is exhausting and not restful in nature. You have six other days to do that. Likewise, airplane travel, uh, train, same thing as the restaurant scenario. You know, you're like you can be like, hey, the train's going anyways. Whether I go, whether I, they're working anyways. Again, I think we're called to be the light and not just part of the problem and be like everybody else. I think we're supposed to be set apart from doing those things. Um, also, uh, some people, I didn't put this in the study, but some people had some question about like, you know, like staying, like vacations or staying places for over a week. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've done that myself where I, I would just wouldn't check in on Shabbat. I would check in like, you know, a good time to check in is like, you know, prep day, Friday before Shabbat. Um, and then, you know, most hotels now aren't cleaning anyways because of the, the, C, the CV thing. Um, but if they are, just put the do not, don't disturb on there so you don't have to have the housekeeping clean up your room. Um, you know, staying in a hotel is not making anybody work, you know. So 
um, especially you know if you're not if you don't have to check in if you don't have someone like a maid clean your room uh, those kind of things so um, anyways so can you shop they look like I have they look like they're having a lot of fun shopping right now uh, no this would cause others to work and would not be lawful according to the Torah let's read it again but the seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahweh your Elohim in it you shall not do any work you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your manservant, nor your maidservant. This would be employees, right? Modern day, most of us don't have manservants and maidservants, but some of us have employees, right? Nor your cattle, nor the stranger that is within your gates. That's Exodus 20, verse 10. So if we aren't supposed to even make our animals work, right? Nor your cattle. So if we're not supposed to make our animals work, why would we make anyone else do so? I used to do most of my shopping on Saturdays before coming to the truth, so I get it. You know, it's just part of the routine. It takes slight, a slight adjustment, but after a week or so, you get used to it and look forward to a day where you don't have to do anything but gather together with people, eat, drink, bless, praise, read the word, sing songs, you name it, right? Uh, we'll talk more about what we do. But I, th I find it comforting that I just don't have to do anything on Shabbat purchasing wise business wise anything you know at first i'll be honest you know the first couple of weeks maybe in the first couple of months like we didn't prepare well enough on on friday and so shabbat would come around and we're like oops last diaper because you know we got lots of toddlers i've got a 14 12 but i got a five well he's out of diapers now but a, a, a three and a two and so we've had lots of diapers over the last couple of years and uh yeah, to be honest, the first you know first couple weeks or months, um, I just didn't prepare, and it's like, oh, oh, we use the last diaper. Uh, oh yeah, there's some extra in the garage. No, there's not. Um, and so I'm you know walking into Wally Mart, and I'm like, uh, you know, but you know you learn, you learn from your mistakes. And what's interesting is, you start preparing better, and kind of like that same uh, concept I was telling you about. Um, we're I think we're at the end of the six thousand years of of you know life as we know it now and then the thousand year reign well considering the shabbat is likened to the thousand year reign right work six days rest the seventh you know life of man six thousand years and then rest on the last you know thousand years which is you know seven uh, seven thousand years well we're preparing to enter into that rest like hebrews 4 talks about uh preparing to enter into that rest and so same thing, you kind of start preparing a little better on the sixth day, entering into that rest on Sabbath. So it's good practice, right? In those days, I so this is still we're still thinking about you know buying and selling on the Shabbat, right? In those days, I saw I'm sorry. In those days, saw I in Judah some treading the wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in sheaves and lading asses as also wine and grapes and figs and all manner of burdens which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I testified against them in the day wherein they sold victuals. So they were selling these figs and grapes and uh, all kinds of things. Uh, there dwelt men of Tyre also therein which brought fish and all manner of ware and sold on the Sabbath unto the children of Judah and in Jerusalem. So they were selling. So they were selling on the Sabbath and the children of Judah were buying 
Then I contended with the nobles of Judah and said unto them, What evil thing is this that you do and profane the Sabbath day? Did not your fathers thus, and did not our Elohim bring all this evil upon us and upon this city? Yet ye bring more wrath upon Israel by profaning the Sabbath. So how are they profaning the Sabbath? By buying victuals. Victuals is, you know, food or necessities. So they are buying grapes and figs and fish on the Sabbath day. And Nehemiah or Nehemiah in chapter 13, 15 through 18 says that that is profaning the Sabbath day. Sabbath day. So I think it's pretty clear in the scriptures that we are not to buy and sell on the Shabbat. So what about emergencies? Little Timmy breaks his arm or whatever. There's so many different scenarios of emergencies. So let me just say this. Emergencies are emergencies. Um, the many what-if scenarios are between you and Yahuwah alone. Um, I wouldn't dare tell you to have your son, you know, uh, tough it out if he snapped his leg in half. You know what I mean? Or, I'm just, that's like, wow, that's like super vivid, Adam. Uh, all I'm saying is use your best judgment and take it to Yah in prayer. Um, I'm not gonna be a hypocrite because I'm gonna sit here. And, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I wouldn't, you know, take my uh, child, especially my young child, you know, um, somewhere to to get a broken broken limb fixed on the Sabbath, you know. Uh, so I'm not gonna be a hypocrite and say that I wouldn't do that because I think I would. Um, but you know, be careful with the what if scenarios because if you what if everything, you'd be like, well, if I can do this emergency, then well, you know, everything's an emergency. Um, so. Take it to Yah in prayer. Is it lawful to do well on the Sabbath? Well, yeah, it really is. The whole purpose of the Sabbath, a day of rest, blessing, worship, praise, had been lost, right? This is back in the day. The man made extra laws, made it burdensome for the people. So this is why Yahushua did so many miracles and healing on this day. He wanted to make an open exposition of these extra laws that they aren't from Yahuwah. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days, that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Right? So, you got a livestock and, a, and one of your, you know, sheep falls into a hole and you can't get out you're not going to just be like standing there and be like yeah i'll get you after sunset you just stay right there no you're going to go out and help them right so it's lawful to do well if you have an opportunity to do well to someone on the sabbath to be a light in a dark world do it this is the example yahusha gave us do i need to gather to, uh, with people holy convocation Look like they're having a lot of fun, right? Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a and holy convocation. We're going to define this. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of Yahuwah in all your dwellings. So let's take a look at the Hebrew word mikra, which is convocation. Uh, convocation, reading, a calling together, a sacred assembly reading uh, something called out, i.e. a public meeting, right? A rehearsal, assembly, a reading. So it's a public gathering of people to read the word of Yah and to assemble. Kind of like 
we're doing right now if, well, if you're watching this as a live if it's a live stream um it's a public gathering so part of the the sabbath commandment is a it is a holy convocation to get together with people right so let's take a look uh, so yes so yes the sabbath is a day to get together with like-minded believers to worship to praise to read his word and to share a meal together if you don't have anyone near you, this might be a good time to sign up and or check the POTV Fellowship Finder. Link is right here. And there's some other ministries that have other Fellowship Finders too. Um, you, some of you still on uh, social media, you know, put some time in. Just, you know, see if you can find someone near you. And, you know, but if you still can't find Fellowship, I do believe online gatherings are a good secondary option. For example, every Friday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, we gather here on the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube site to study Yah's Word together. There's a live chat where you can fellowship with fellow believers. Either way, try to find some sort of gathering. Um, and I'm going to pause there. It's a scripture that I didn't include here that I want to. It's in Hebrews 10, 20, oops, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as ye see the day approaching. So we are supposed to gather together. Don't forsake the gathering together of ourselves, right? So as for me, we just started a local fellowship here in southwest Missouri last fall and has become the highlight of my week. Seeing God's people in person, the hugs, the handshakes, the sharing of his word together is more than I can ask for and a slight peek into the life in New Jerusalem, it's heavenly brothers and sisters. Is something uh, amazing with gathering with like-minded people that love the Most High, have been reconciled and saved, if you will, by the blood of Messiah, and uh, have been have their eyes have been awakened to the truth of the Most High that we already keep His commandments to the best of our ability, uh, wherever our, where we're at in our walk, you know. People that have been doing this longer may be a little further in their walk than people that are new, but wherever you're at, your heart's desire is to keep his ways. Your heart is not saying, ah, the law's done away with, it's, you know, it's nonsense, it's it's fleshly, it's it's worldly, it's, you know, whatever, you know, all the different things people can say about it. But it's amazing to get together with like-minded people, brothers and sisters, and I would earnestly suggest that you look into finding some fellowship. And fellowship, it could just be going over to each other's houses. As a matter of fact, that's how the uh, apostles got together. They they met at each other's houses. Um, and so, anyways. So, <clears throat> his word. Right? So, the Shabbat is not just laying in your hammock all day and snoozing all day. Listen, there's 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 some there's time for that and there's Shabbats for that. Uh, but that's not the fullness of it. I think when most of us start the Sabbath, we think that's what we're supposed to do is like sleep, sleep all day and rest. And some of you are like, yeah. <laughs> um, I've never really been able to do that, but uh, I know some people are just like, yeah, I'm just going to sleep all day. And I'm not here to say that that's, you know, entirely wrong. It's it's good to rest, but um, I think it is a day, you know, that uh, we should be spending time in his word more than usual, um, singing him songs, praying, you know, worshiping him, pr more prayer time, getting together with people, sharing a meal, um, blessing him. So I firmly believe we should be in the word daily. We all have some time we can squeeze in each day, perhaps on your commute or while you're doing chores. Of course, via audio. Don't read a book while you're driving. Um, so play the scriptures on audio instead of music. Just a suggestion, right? You're cleaning your house. Put your earbuds in. Put your, uh, you know, whatever in. Just listen to the scriptures. I find it very therapeutic. 
I like to cook, and so while I'm cooking, you know, I like to put the scriptures on, and it's very, it's very therapeutic. So, not telling you what to do, but just, just a suggestion, because, you know, when it comes to His Word, we know that food, earthly food, is nourishment to our body. Uh, we can only go so long until our bodies would die without food. You know, I know there's fasting, and some people that you know they get their minds are, are, are strong and they can go a day, three days, seven days. Uh, even I even know some people personally that went 40 days, you know, without food. Um, so, but for the average person, you know, when you go a couple of days without food, you're not feeling too well, right? And, or like, let's say you do what that one guy did and ate Mickey D's for 30 days, you know, straight up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You're going to start not feeling very well, right? It's going to throw you off. Your body's not going to feel well. Well, how much more is the word nourishment for our being, for our soul? And if you don't get into the word every day, if you don't nourish your body every day or don't, don't nourish it with the right stuff. So if you're nourishing your soul with secular music and, and garbage TV and, and, you know, you're watching, you know, you know, Batman and, and, and Star Wars all day, you know, you're feeding your soul with garbage. But if you're in his word every day, right, it's like like good old Alan Horvath used to say, the washing of the word. It's like it washes you uh, and it nourishes you. So we need to be in it every day. So, But nevertheless, I believe the Sabbath is a day we should consume even more of his word as it's a day we put down the business of our daily lives, work, school, shopping, whatever may be a part of our busy lives. It's a day to put it down, perhaps even social media? Question mark, smiley face. So, you know, that 30 minutes you scroll on Instagram or the two hours you're scrolling on Facebook... I ain't your daddy, but maybe put it down for a little bit and pick up the word instead, especially on Shabbat. Just a suggestion. So maybe this is just me, but I find that he blesses this day more than others and special revelation and understanding is given. What I mean by that, well, first of all, we know that he blessed that day and sanctified it. Uh, That was the beginning, um, Genesis 1, or Genesis 2, excuse me. What I'm saying is like I can read a, a certain chapter 20 times, but then I read on the Sabbath and I'm like, oh, oh, how come I've never seen that before? Right? I feel like he gives special revelation when you get into his word on the Shabbat. So it is a day to praise him with songs of thanksgiving. Sing him a song, even if you don't sing very well, right? I'm not a great singer, but I love singing to him, especially on Shabbat, right? Personally, most of the new songs I've made for him were born on the Sabbath. He's not looking for the best singer. He's looking for the singer with heart for him. That's what he wants, right? Much Just my opinion. Although, maybe the greats, I don't know. Point being is your heart. Sing to him. And even if you just want to do it alone, right? Maybe just go in the backyard or something. Just like sing. I don't know. You people that, you, 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 those of you that live in apartments, go on your balcony. Just sing. Sing to Yah. So praise be to Yah. So yeah, uh, most of the songs that I've made I feel like he just gave me the lyrics because for me, making like melodies on the guitar, I'm not going to say it comes easy, but it's a lot easier than making lyrics. Lyrics for me, it's like, uh, but it's like, I'll have like a melody for like weeks and then I'm just sitting there like in my backyard on the swing playing and then like lyrics are just like on the Shabbat. I'm like, wow. So anyways, spend time in the, in, in your Bibles, uh, like uh, uh, like Zach Bauer would say, go home and read your Bibles. We'll do so even more on Shabbat. So spending time in nature on Shabbat, question mark. 
Uh, I believe the Shabbat is a perfect time to shut off electronics and get into Yah's creation and enjoy it, whether alone or with family. Uh, to this day, one of my favorite Sabbath experiences was in Huntington Beach, California. This was last year sometime. About 10 of us gathered on the beach. We shared food, discussed how awesome Yah is, read from his word, and soaked up the beauty of the ocean, the sand, and everything that comes with it. Uh, we're all different. Yah has amazing things in his creation. The mountains are beautiful, the lakes, the rivers, the streams, the creeks. Um, I mean, just there's so much that's so beautiful. The, I think the desert's beautiful, right? But my favorite is 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 the uh, the beach. So I really enjoyed that Sabbath more than anything. The only thing that I don't get here in Southwest Missouri is the beach. And that's the only thing I miss. Outside of that, I could never go to California ever again and be just happy. Um, so the point is, I believe that the that the Sabbath is a great day to get the family. You know, go for a walk, a nature trail, uh, talk about Yah's word, um, look at the different plants, and what, it's just it's beautiful beautiful time right so yes spend time in nature get off those phones get off those phones and spend time in nature that'd be a great time to do it this is a big one uh what if my spouse is not on board great question glad you asked so from what i've seen there's at least 30 to 40 percent of torah observant people in this category maybe even upwards of 50 percent maybe even more um there's a lot. There's a lot of people where, and when I say your spouse is, you know, spouse is not on board, uh, well, you probably don't need me to define this for you, but just in case, this means that you want to keep the Sabbath, other commandments, you don't want to eat pork, you want to do the feast days, and your spouse is just like, or like steam out of the ears, like, you know. Or so they could just be laid back and be like, "Hey, do your thing. I don't. I, I, I you know, there's different levels. There's different. I've seen. I've heard so many different testimonies. So here I can relate to my own experience in my home. When I first started to keep the Sabbath and the feast days of Yahweh, my wife was not too happy. Uh, she would grumble and complain, uh, and like it was a burden that we couldn't go to the store. Uh, she'd get fired up at me, and I'd go toe to toe with her at some points. Like we'd get into like back and forth arguments. Um, you know, it almost, yeah, it seemed to be like arguments. So I kept throwing verses at her, thinking like something would stick. Yet no matter what, she didn't want anything to do with the Sabbath or Yahweh's feasts because I got, you know, argumentative with her about it. And I, you know, wasn't being, I wasn't being a good example. Um, especially we were like arguing on the Sabbath. Remember we read, we read earlier on the, in Isaiah, not to speak words of anger. Then I realized we are called to be a light especially in our own homes think about it he she is your closest neighbor if you can't love your closest neighbor and and be patient and and loving and meek and, and humble to your closest neighbor boy we don't have a chance i don't care how well you're keeping shabbat and what if you can't be a light to your own spouse then i don't even know what we're talking about right and i'm not talking about like cowering cowering out and being like okay i won't keep the sabbath because you don't want me to now, that's not what i'm saying right but we can share the truth and stand our ground in love and gentleness and meekness and humility, right? So we're not. I don't. There's no need to like um, go toe to toe with your with your spouse. So he or she is your closest neighbor. Keep the Sabbath and don't force them to do it. Just be a good example. Did Yahweh force you to do his Sabbath? Right? Is he forcing you to watch this right now? You're probably watching this because you're interested. I'm sure there's a portion of you that are watching this. You know that you're not interested just to whatever but majority 95 percent of you that are watching this you're interested in this Shabbat, the sabbath did he force you to do it did he hold your neck and it was like you know you got to keep the sabbath or else no you were just read his word and you were convicted in your heart 
right? So keep the Sabbath. Don't force them to do it. Just be a good example and keep a good attitude. Even if they're just down your throat, like, I have no idea why you wear those silly strings hanging from your pants, zitzit. Or, you know, it's just pork, you know, uh, read Acts 10. You know, Peter said that we can eat, you know, eat anything we want to now. And, you know, whatever it is, take it. Just take it. Be like, honey, I understand. I understand how you feel. And share things in a meek, calm, humble, patient attitude. Read 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26, right? So this type of behavior, just being a good example, right? This type of behavior will be attractive to them and may actually seem like something they would want to participate in. If you have children, I know things can get tricky, but get on your knees daily for your spouse. Yahuwah may just answer you. And even if it takes years, brothers and sisters, years, after a few years of wondering why my wife wasn't interested in doing what doing these with me, I decided to take the advice I just gave you above, right? So guess what? It worked. Yahuwah had his own way of opening her eyes slowly, and she now participates in the feast days and comes to our local Sabbath gatherings in person. Hallelujah. Uh, she just comes to our local Sabbath gatherings each week. So praise Yahweh. You have no idea how much of a miracle this was. I am here to tell you that it is a straight-up miracle. She still has some waking up to do, but I do testify. This is a miraculous step that only Yahuwah could have, could have granted. So I say to you, even if it looks like a no-win situation, our Elohim is greater. Because I'm telling you something, I, it looked impossible to me with, with how much there was of a resistance I was like, you know, this is impossible. But remember, with Elohim, nothing is impossible. So pray for your spouse. Don't despise them, right? Just because you woke up to Torah and now all of a sudden you want to look down upon them and be like, okay, where were you six months ago? Where were you six years ago? The same place they were. Be patient with them, just as Yahweh was patient with us. He watched us do all you know these years of rebellion. Be patient with your spouse. Let's get to the why. Um, I should have had this at the beginning, but nevertheless, this is how it was. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So we're talking about why we're doing the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahweh your Elohim. In it you shall not do any work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your manservant, nor your maidservant, employees, right? Nor your cattle, nor the stranger that is within your gates. For in six days, Yahuwah made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them is, and rested on the seventh day. Wherefore, Yahuwah blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Exodus 28 through 11. So, keeping the commandments is part of the basics of coming back to Yahuwah's ways. So, um, just a short little note. You know, we know that Messiah said, Love Yahuwah with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the Torah and the prophets. He doesn't say these two commandments did away with all those commands, but basically all the precepts of those two commandments can be used to define all the rest of them. And it's true. The, the, first five, the first four commandments tells you how to love Yah. The last six tell you how to love people, right? And so part of loving Yahuwah is keeping his commandments. And loving, lo keeping his commandments equals loving him. I, I should have put this here. I didn't put it in the study. But let's look at Exodus 20 uh, a little further. So in here, it says, um, Showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So we can equate keeping his commandments with loving him. That's how we show him we love him. 
So keeping the Sabbath, that's part of how we show him that we love him. So with loving Yahweh with all of our heart, soul, and mind, well, part of that process is keeping his, uh, his Sabbath day. So with this, we keep the Sabbath day set apart from our regular work, our tasks, buying, selling, and so on. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant forever. Now, you can stop there and be like, well, we're not Israel, we're Gentiles. Um, let's take a quick little ride on some scripture. So we're going to look at Galatians 3 and uh, th yeah, 3 and then Isaiah 41, 8. Galatians 3 says... Um, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, if you're all one in Messiah Yahusha. And if you be Messiahs, so if we're Messiah, so if you belong to Messiah, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Who or what is Abraham's seed? Think about it. So you are Abraham's seed. But you, this is Isaiah 41a, but you, Israel, because this is talking about Israel, are my servant Jacob, which Jacob is another name for Israel, whom I have chosen the seed of Abraham, my friend. So the seed of Abraham is Israel. Paul says you're the seed of Abraham. Paul says you are Israel. If you, Gentile means you're out of covenant. You're of the nations. We're not supposed to be of the nations. We're supposed to come out of her, right, and be set apart. So wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. That means forever. It is a sign, that's a big word, it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days, Yahuwah made the heaven and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Exodus 31, 16 through 17. So we're going to look at this powerful word, Ot, H, Strong's H226, uh, which is this word, sign. Oops. So uh, he wrote Ot, so, um, used 79 times. 60 times it was translated as signs, tokens, ensigns, miracles, mark. So it's a sign or a signal, a distinguishing mark, right? Remembrance. When we keep the Sabbath, he has remembrance of us. Uh, it's a token, an ensign, a standard miracle proof, right? And um, here it is right here, right? Speak to... Verily my Sabbath you shall keep for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am Yahuwah that sanctifies you. So it's uh, so keeping the Sabbath is your opportunity to be marked or branded that you are his. It shows him that he is your master. You keep the Sabbath, boom. He's like, I know you're mine. And that's what is, that's the instructions that he's given us. So notwithstanding, walking in his Sabbath and the Torah in general comes with a peace of mind you won't find elsewhere. You won't find it. <clears throat> Some of you that are new to this uh, ministry may not know my history. Um, I lived a pretty, uh, a pretty riotous life. I lived the life of the prodigal son. If you're not unfamiliar with the prodigal son story, um, the prodigal son took uh, his inheritance from his father and went out and just lived however he wanted to. And so in my life, I was very successful in business. I climbed the corporate ladder very quickly. I had lots of money, cars, homes, whatever I wanted. And, you know, I'm here to tell you, you know, none of that was satisfying. 
just like just like celebrities and 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 movie stars they're you know most of them are like miserable see you know big time ceos you know these guys you know they're so miserable they've got to do like sick things like uh well we won't talk about conspiracy stuff today but these people are miserable why because they have it all they have all this world's goods and they're still empty inside why do you think people are walking around depressed, going to you know psychiatrists and getting um, you know psych- uh, psychiatric medications? They're trying to fill that void in their heart that Yah won't allow to be filled by anything but by Him and His Torah, His Sabbath, His feast days. You know, acknowledge, uh, keeping His ways is what most of us have been looking for our entire lives, but we had no idea because men put guardrails around it fencing around like don't look in here the torah is done away with um you know it's too hard for you so don't even try um whatever the excuse is and so for centuries thousands of years almost you know men are like uh you know the torah you know the torah is done you know but that's not it that's not the case at all that's not the case at all i'm here to tell you that the torah is everything I've been looking for all my life. And you might want to say, oh, Adam, what about Messiah? Well, Messiah is the Word. He is the Torah. The, the, the Torah is His character. He was the Word made flesh. He was the Torah made flesh. He walked around and showed us how to do it. So when you say you follow Torah and the Torah is in your heart, that's Messiah in your heart. That's Messiah dwelling in you. That's His character. You can say you love Him all you want. You can say, well, He knows my heart and I you know, every day is a Sabbath day. So, well, that's not true. The Sabbath day, he told you exactly what to do on it. He told you not to work, not to buy, not to sell, to gather together. Anyways. So, the Sabbath and the Torah in general comes with a peace of mind you won't find elsewhere. I know. I used to work uh, right under a, a millionaire. Um, and I, I was pretty close with him. He was a millionaire, and he was miserable. It was never enough. Never enough. He'd even cheat customers out of like a couple hundred bucks here and there. And be like, I'm like, what? You don't even need that hundred bucks. They need it. Like, it was just like about the thrill of it, and just about greed, and about every single dollar he can get. But the more money he got, the more miserable he was. Anyways. So even if you so you won't find this piece anywhere else. Even if you search to the ends of the world, there's something ancient about it, something that brings joy unspeakable. When you're keeping his Sabbath holy, set apart, that first week you do it, you might be like, "Okay, now what?" <laughs> right? But I'm telling you, then you start looking forward to it, and you're like, "Oh, a day I don't have to do any of this stuff. I don't have to worry about my job. I don't have to worry about you know." you know school you know i don't have to worry about you know for you children you know i don't have to worry about homework uh you parents if you homeschool don't make your children do homework or even if you're still sending them to regular school don't make them do homework on shabbat i'm not i'm not telling you what to do i'm just saying i I don't think that would be the right thing to do is to have is to do homework on shabbat anyways i'm getting off on rabbit trails okay so there's something ancient about it something that brings joy unspeakable let's read a little bit of the heart of david um, and we're, we're about to be finished up. This is the heart of David, who is a, who is a man after Yahweh's own heart. Um, let's see what he had to say about the Torah. When I say Torah, the Sabbath is Torah. 
The feast days are Torah. Eating clean is Torah. Doing well to your neighbor is Torah. Not hating people in your heart is Torah. The Torah of Yahuwah is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of Yahuwah is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of Yahuwah are right, rejoicing the heart. That's what I was telling you about this joy, right? These statutes, when you start walking in his statutes, it rejoices you. We'll come back to statutes. There's a passage I want to read about statutes. right? The commandment of Yahuwah is pure, enlightening the eyes, giving light to the eyes. The fear of Yahuwah is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of Yahuwah are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them, right, his Torah, is your servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. So, this is from the, straight from the heart of David. So the statutes of Yahuwah are right, rejoicing the heart. And just to, just to confirm, the whole reason we got the Holy Spirit uh, was to walk in his statutes and keep his ways. Um, oh, I went too far. Right? And I'll, this is Ezekiel 36, And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Right? So this is the whole reason he even gave us the Holy Spirit, to cause us to walk in his statutes and to actually do them. So if you're new, don't freak out, don't fret. Take it slow and week by week, day by day, step by step. Yahweh will guide you along the way with the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit inside you. So just learn. Learn as you grow. Like, Think about this. Yahweh gives puts a lot of his wisdom and a lot of his truth in the garden. When you plant a seed, what happens, right? The little blade pops up, whatever it is. You know, let's just let's just say tomato plant, right? The first thing comes out in the two little leaves, right? It's starting to grow, grow, grow. It's it's maybe that tall now and it's got these, you know, these other leaves coming out. Is that plant strong enough to bear the 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 fruit, the you know, the big old tomatoes? No, right? It has to keep growing and growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. Then it starts to bear all that fruit. It gets big enough. The branches are thick enough. The roots are deep enough. It's got enough, you know, um, enough foothold to hold these big tomatoes. Um, so my point is, if you're new, take your, t you know, take your time. You learn as you go. Don't freak out. You don't have to, you know, figure everything out in the first week. Now time is short, so I would say put a lot of effort into this. But I have a feeling if you're watching this you're putting some effort forth into your walk. So I applaud you for doing that. But just think about that. So, like, and like Peter says, um, you're supposed to, we're supposed to be as like newborn babes desiring the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. So just as like babies grow, they first start on the milk, which is like basic stuff, and then they can start eating regular food, right? Maybe at first some mashed up food, and then, you know, maybe, you know, years later, then they can start eating like meat and, you know, all those kind of things. So point is, is, Take it step by step. Grow. Just keep growing. Don't get discouraged, right? Don't get discouraged from that. This is in these, in these last days, brothers and sisters. This is this part of your walk is so important. Faith, of course. There's nothing without faith, right? We we get nowhere without the grace of the Most High. Without the grace of being saved through our faith, there's nothing without that. But we continue in our walk. We continue. We continue in sanctification. And we continue in walking in his commandments. And brothers and sisters, don't turn back. Don't turn back like Lot's wife did. Right? Messiah Yahushua says, He who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. 
Keep your hand on that plow. and Keep plowing, brothers and sisters. Yahweh bless you and keep you. Yahweh make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yahweh lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom, give you peace. So let's, we're going to pray and we'll finish up this study. And those of you that are watching live, uh, I'm going to play a song and I might actually, uh, might actually do Q&A for just a minute. We'll see. Heavenly Father, Yahweh, we come before you and we bless you in Yahusha's name. And thank you truly for all that you do for us, all that you provide. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for your word that we may know how to walk in your in your way, in your truth, in your in your life, Father. And we just pray that anyone that may be new that are watching this, uh, that you open their eyes and ears to hearing your truth, uh, and that you would give them a heart uh, and and a ruach inside them that would want to keep your statutes. Father, we love you, we bless you, and we look forward to being with you for eternity. We pray that we are found worthy in Yahusha's mighty, mighty name. Hallelujah. I'm going to play you all a new song, and then I'm going to come back on here and, and hang out for a minute.